It's time for JT the Brick. The business I chose, that is real. That is bleeping real right now. Why am I bringing this up? It's what I do best. I screw up five times a day before breakfast. I'm not going crazy on this one. I'm not. I'm not going crazy. Does anybody listen to me? We talk balls on sports radio. JT the Brick. I don't have notes online. I just, that's off the top of my head. The whole radio show's off the top of my head. I don't have a three-hour pre-show meeting like those other guys where the interns write the show. It's all off the top of my head. We make memories on this show for the Raider Nation. Jump on with us. Do your job. Win these games. Let's be up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Let's go in and shock the world. We are not the official show of the practice squad. I want to talk about the starters and the impact guys. We're going to put this team on the map. If this is too hardcore for you, turn the channel. Don't embarrass Bobby. Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today. No half-ass effort. I bring passion and energy for every second I'm on the radio. And now, it's a tweet. Don't take it too seriously. Here's JT the Brick. Yes, welcome back everybody. JT in Vegas, home of the Raider Nation. Well, part of the Raider Nation. The Raider Nation is global. I'm off to Chicago. My wife just landed there safe and sound. Got a lot of friends going out there. If you're going and a Raider fan, find me at JT the Brick on Twitter. Let me know where you're going to be. Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black, will join us in a minute. Jimmy Garoppolo, according to Adam Schefter. Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny had it first. They took it from Vinny. Jimmy's out. He won't play in that game. Disappointed. Really was hoping he was going to play. Hoping he was going to try to give it a go. It must be serious enough that they're ruling him out ahead of time. And the Raiders are going to have to make a decision next with the quarterback that they're going to go with. So with all that being said, it changes everything. It changes everything that Jimmy Garoppolo won't play in this game. And we bring in the voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz. And Jason, I'm disappointed. Again, not a trainer, not a doctor, but it's got to be pretty serious if he's ruled out that early. No Jimmy G. Uh, I mean, when was the last time you hurt your back? I couldn't throw a football. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I think, I don't know about you, Jay. I mean, you were in the booth with us. We mm-hmm. looked at each other at the end of the game. But, like, um, you know, I, I, when he looked that uncomfortable and then couldn't come back out in the second half and then all the reports that he were taking to the hospital, I know, as Josh McDaniels described it on Monday, they, it seemed like they dodged a bullet. But that doesn't mean that he's going to be able to play right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just, I look, I, I obviously this is a game the Raiders have to win. Um, but if Jimmy Garoppolo is not able to move around and throw effectively, mm-hmm. especially with who knows what the wind and all those conditions might be in Chicago, this is probably the right decision. Yeah, it is. And it's, a, it's the decision to keep him safe. You know, there's a point and I don't know where it's at at that point, but if, if you got to shut him down because you want to make sure, because he felt like he was hurt internally on top of this, you got to be precautious with him. You got to be safe cautious with them and I think that's right but look I'm not here to debate or talk with the callers just yet on who's going to be the quarterback but it's a great topic because Aiden O'Connell you get to see him but I I was one of the guys I don't think he had a great performance he was sacked a lot and he threw an interception at the goal line Brian Hoyer didn't do that Brian Hoyer played better in a game that the Raiders had to have I've leaned towards Hoyer what are you thinking so I don't know, (laughs) which I realize is not great radio. (laughs) No, it's fair. Um, You know, I don't know. I mean, listen, I I, I appreciate whether whether Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler were swayed whatsoever by clearly what they heard, which was everyone wanted to see Aiden O'Connell. And I may probably want to see Aiden O'Connell, too, because they need to know what they have. Um, They're also three and three. And against a one in five team that's going to throw out a division two quarterback, who, uh, you know, last week had his first ever action against anybody who's played Division One or better. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think, I, I think I understand the idea, uh, at least of what has been said, which mm-hmm. is that Aiden O'Connell is better suited to start a game and be fully prepared for the whole week. And Brian Hoyer is better situated to go in an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. Obviously last week was, and if Aiden O'Connell gets hurt or would struggle, then this week was. So, so from that perspective, I don't find it that different than a manager picking who's his starting pitcher and who's his relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same idea. Um, but if you do believe that Brian Hoyer is the better quarterback today, then I would start Brian Hoyer. But I understand their philosophy. Yeah, Jason Horowitz is our guest. It's a tough decision. But again, it's a decision that's supposed to benefit Josh McDaniels. This is what he does. Now, Brady wouldn't come off the field. Brady wanted to play, and he had the backups prepared to go. And I think that's his strength, being a head coach in the quarterback room and figuring this out because he's working around the clock, and he's known for that. He's known for being aggressively hard on these guys in a right way, working them hard to get them ready just in case. I would think so, more so than Chicago and their staff. So I'd like to give a little bit of the advantage to the Raiders coming in in this scenario. I I guess, and I think so. Um, You know, on top of that, our defense is clicking much better than theirs, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we would have said the same thing before the Chargers game. Um, but, but obviously they still had Justin Herbert, so it's a little bit different. Um, and then I, you know, the reality of that statement though, JT, is that it's all true, but whoever the quarterback has been, it's working to the tune of less than 17 points a game. So, you know, yes, that is Josh McDaniel's strength. Mm-hmm. Yes. He has been an offensive coordinator. Yes. He's the one who helped Max Jones look really, really good as a rookie, um, but for some reason, it's not clicking this year. And whether that's Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think Lincoln pointed this out appropriately on Sunday, he called it happy feet. Um, he just He's holding the ball, and he's looking, and he's not letting go. We saw Aiden O'Connell. You know, he didn't have the same happy feet. He just stood there too long. And that can't happen either. So, mm-hmm. so one of those two things has to change. And so if that's the case, you know, maybe I would. You know, as we're talking this through, maybe I would go Brian Hoyer. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're all having an open conversation with the voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz. I, I love the topic because that's what sports is about. Hoyer's getting $4 million, not 400000 He's He's getting a lot of money. And he was going to retire, JT. Like he, he, they convinced him to come out of retirement to take $4 million. <laughs> I remember media day. We're sitting out there media day. EA and we're there and we're sitting around and they bring him out and he's got new cleats on and his uniform's brand new. And before we went on, yeah, we were laughing. We're like, man, you look really dressed in the part, man. And he was laughing back at us. He's happy to be here. He wants to help Dave Ziegler, wants to help Josh McDaniels. He's played a lot of football, but as a starter in a game of this magnitude that means so much to the franchise, I just like the way he played. Not only the Trey Tucker ball, I just like the way he got in and out of the huddle, and if the Raiders have to get him to go up-tempo, I think he can get up-tempo yeah. maybe a little bit more than Aiden can so young into his career. Yeah, and I think he'll let go of the ball faster, and I think mm. that's important, right? I mean, we just talked about it. Even Jimmy Garoppolo is holding on to it way too long, and obviously we saw that You know, nobody should ever have six sacks in a game. I don't care how good you are. Um, and, and the Bears don't have that type of guy. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily matter. So I think Brian Hoyer's probably seen it more. I think he's probably... But then again, the, the situation of that isn't that different for them than it was three weeks ago when they went with Aiden O'Connell. So I, I'm going to guess that Aiden's going to start. Um, but that doesn't... I wonder if their hook would be faster than yeah. it was last time. And 
you know, when Aiden wasn't taking sacks and when he wasn't until the interception and when he wasn't, uh, you know, getting hit, he actually was making some, some pretty good decisions. So it wasn't all bad. Uh, and, and I think for Brian Hoyer, um, you know, two drives that led to two field goals. Um, but this, this is true for Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, or Aiden O'Connell, uh, JT. I don't know what this season is going to bring. I know everyone's pointing at the upcoming games and a chance for the Raiders to have a really good record when the Jets and Giants are all done before we go to Miami. Um, if, if the red zone issues aren't fixed, this team's not going to win all those games. I would they're, agree. They're, they're playing in the margins. You know, you're, mm. you're winning games on, on last-second things, and at some point those go the other direction. Uh, two other quick topics. First off, Stephen A. and some other shows are now talking about Devontae. I sat down with Coach today, and we just played it, and he has an open door. He's working hard, talking to Devontae. You know the coach and Devontae. You call yeah. all the games. They understand this. This What happens is the national media doesn't understand this because they want some low-hanging fruit, and some might be right. I, I don't think Devontae's going to get traded in two weeks, but as you sit there and call the games from the booth, and you see Devontae go wide, and you see, because I know how good you are, see the free safety come over a strong safety on his side. Where do you think the best way to get him the ball is? Early in a quick slant where you can go? Or let the play develop and let him go down the sideline and go for not a 50-50 ball, but one where he can have an advantage using his athletic ability and going up and getting it? Yeah, I, I just wonder why the, the, the you know, and we do see him in the slot more. I just... It, I wonder why um, you know some of those fifteen yard medium routes over the middle aren't being used as often, and, and, mm-hmm. and like there are some of those, and I'm not breaking it down piece by piece, but like I, I just if you can get him mixed up in the group, he's the best receiver of the group, and he's the best receiver or second best receiver in football. So, so I I I think there are ways to get him to football. He was double teamed and triple teamed everywhere last year. That's not different. He was early in the season, and I'm guessing he was when he caught 13 passes against the Steelers. And two touchdowns. So there are clearly ways to get him the football. I think the reason that it's becoming, obviously what Devontae said yesterday when he spoke to the media, but also because it's coming with back-to-back wins, people talk about the fact that, well, clearly he's upset that he's not getting the ball and they want to make it a selfish aspect. And there's nothing about Devontae Adams since he came to Las Vegas that sounds selfish. He has stood in the locker room, with the exception of Sunday, he has stood in the locker room after every loss. He has answered every question. He has faced the music. He's been a good teammate, and he has understood everything that's happened. Um, I think Tashawn Reed from The Athletic said it really well yesterday when summing up Devontae Adams, and then, frankly, Devontae Adams, JT, I don't know if you saw this, but he responded to it. Deshaun said that his takeaway from Devontae's comments is that he values winning more than everything else, but the Raiders he knows can't win, like we talked about, at the level he wants to win without the offense being better. That is an obvious, and I also think, as he said, very simple, and Devontae, you know, on Twitter agreed with Deshaun. He's like, it's simple. Thank you. So I think it's being taken today because of the fact it's coming off back-to-back wins, and so you may have a way to say, well, this is coming at the wrong time. You expect it off of two or three straight losses, but it's coming off of two wins. But I, I think they are right, and I don't think this is a surprise to anybody in the organization. If the offense isn't better, the defense is good, but the defense isn't elite, so they're not going to win every game 19-17. to 17. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. That's what I've said. This defense is 
scheming better. They're playing better. They're but playing they're, better. No they're, question. No doubt they are, yeah. but they're not. They're not. A, this is not Ray Lewis and the 2000 Ravens. I mean, a year or two from now, I've always said it, but we live in the moment. I think if you give Dave Ziegler another draft and especially one more year of free agent, I don't think they'll be a hole. There won't be one hole on that defense. But well, before you go, I want, I want to play this call that you made uh, last week as this was the victory play. How about we finish this off with a safety, shall we? <laughs> Forward on territory, obviously. Jones standing in his own end zone to our right. Snap. Back to pass. Pressure again off the edge. And he's set for the safety. Crosby and Nichols. They met in the end zone. They squished him to the turf. And the Raiders defense has that safety. Okay, couple things there. You called the safety. <laughs> Very rare to do. You called the safety. You did. Uh, over my career over years, just sitting behind a mic, I'll get up in a playoff game and I'll go, I'll call a home run. One in a million, they'll do it. You called the safety. But the most important thing you did is you got Bilal Nichols in in real time. That's hard to do. I know where you're sitting. I know what your, your perch looks like. How did you see that? Because everyone knows Max is coming. You know Max is coming. But you identified Bilal Nichols very quickly in that call. I don't, I don't actually know other than, you know, I, I, my the spotter that we use, Brian, in, in Vegas is very good. And um, I, I appreciate the connection that he and I have made. I, I did see the pressure up the middle. And maybe, I, maybe the reality, JT, is that we don't really get pressure up the middle. So, <laughs> so it's more about it's more about something that I just saw. I, I don't. I'm not sure, um, but I, I do think you know. I was actually found it interesting that you know I, when I heard TV's call and then everything else that everyone focused on Max. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could see Max coming off the edge always, and 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 he's you know he stands out from anywhere, and so like you can kind of see that. Um, but you know, I saw two people. I two. I you know, Max Jones stepped up a little bit, and so I saw someone from the front and someone from the back, and. Um, you know, I'm glad I'm glad I got the right person from the middle. I think that's more important. It would have been much worse if I got the wrong person from the middle. Yeah, you got um, you now there was a fun call. So save that yeah. one. Save that one for the I kids. I just really like I just really like that I was able to use the word squish. And the reason that was in my head Yeah. You know, sometimes sometimes people like to know like what is going through someone's mind with a word. Um my kids like Mario Brothers and I was just thinking that Mac Jones kinda looked like one of the mushrooms that Mario and Luigi step on. And that's kind of where it was in my head. <laughs> I like. I did not know that. That's something that. That's something we'll know going forward. I will see you in Chicago. I'm on the trip. Can't wait to get out there, and uh, we'll have a great time in Chicago. Take care, bud. Cannot wait. Thanks, City. All right, that was fun. Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Raiders. How about that? How many of your other favorite shows have the voice of the team and the head coach? We were able to have a good day today. That stuff aligned, and we appreciate him coming on. So here's what I got next: Levi Edwards. He wrote a really good piece on a couple of matchups in this game. So he's diving into the personnel. I think it's going to be very important. And then bottom of the hour, Bill Zimmerman, who covers the Bears. Bears inside are really good. Like details on the Bears that I'm not aware of and you might not be aware of. That's coming up as we're brought to you by PTs. The best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. There's a fine, I don't, I mean, I don't have to sit down and talk to him about anything. He, there's a fine line, you know, for every player like that. 
you know, um, you know, you got to be, we got to be smart with the ball, but we also got to make sure we keep our best, you know, our best options um, available to us, you know. And so, look, my job, it, you know, my job is to try to find a way where they can't double, you know. So, you know, we'll we'll, we'll keep working at that part too. And again, there's always stretches like that that seem a little bit, you know, uh, slower than others, um, but that can change in a hurry. Josh McDaniels from his press conference. We spoke to him today. JT, back with you from the Lotus Broadcasting Studios as we continue on. Resorts World has so many spots to go. Every time I walk in there, head on a swivel. A doghouse saloon is the spot I promote the most. Red-tailed doghouse saloon. Monday Night Football, the sports book, is right there. Is there anyone in Raider Nation who believes that Josh McDaniels doesn't want to get Devontae the ball? I mean, am I dealing with that now? I'm a, what, what's going on? They're like, they're people. Josh McDaniels coach, Randy Moss, all these other players, do you think he goes to bed at night saying, I don't want to get him the ball? I know Raider fans are frustrated. I'm asking for the rational ones to call or tweet or just get in touch with me so I can tell you what I know. That's it, because I'm not going to talk to the other people who just are cinder blocks and think that he's trying to, like, run Devontae out of town and doesn't want to get Devontae the ball. Now, I'm a big believer of over-targeting Devontae. Put that in a promo in three, two, and one. I like to over-target. That means, sorry, Jacoby. Sorry, Hunter. Sorry, Michael Mayer. You're not going to get as many targets. We're giving most of them to Devontae. So you know where I stand on this. I'm over-the-top Devontae. So when we see all this, I understand why he's not getting the ball as much. Is it a delicate topic that I can't sit here and blow up the offensive line for not being better? Yeah, it kind of is. I work for the flagship station. I, I like the offensive line. I want them to do well. If I work for the opposing station across town, might I be a little bit harsher on the offensive line? Probably a little bit. Could I be the knucklehead on the other side of town? I don't think there's a sports radio station here on the other side of town, by the way. But if I was, to be critical, I've been critical of the offensive line all year. That's why Devontae's not getting the ball. The offensive line can't hold their blocks long enough. That's got to be improved on, too. Levi Edwards joins us from inside headquarters. Levi, nice piece on some of these matchups coming up here. We know Jimmy G's out now, and we're looking at Tyson Bajan coming in here. Let's start with the defense. What, what do you think the defense needs to do, maybe a player or two in the individual matchups here? Uh, I mean, really all signs point to – the Las Vegas Raiders defense really having a good outing when you look at all of the factors. First off, uh, this dude Tyson, uh, he's a pretty solid quarterback. I mm -hmm. like what I've seen from him with the limited snaps he's had. I went to Mobile, Alabama to see him in the Senior Bowl. He looked really good in the Senior Bowl for a D2 player, so I'm not going to take anything away from this young man. However, regardless of how good he is, he's still a young rookie quarterback starting in his first game with an offensive line that has not necessarily looked amazing this year against a Raiders defensive front that has looked pretty good this year that has created a lot of negative plays mm -hmm. and has been able to help enforce the turnovers so if you were the Las Vegas Raiders you got to come in and you just got to do your job and if you can just do your job to the best of your ability then everything points to you having a good game uh, Max going crazy Malcolm Coons going crazy Bilal on the inside all of that points to a really good day if you ask me yeah, I would agree with you. Levi Edwards joins us, digital reporter inside for the Raiders. Everyone's playing pretty good on defense. I spent a lot of time with the coach talking about the safeties. You know, linebackers, 
We know what they can do, but they're not a strong elite group around the league, but they're okay. And I like the improvement. There's been an improvement with the interior pass rush here. So do you think the guys are going to get a little bit more aggressive? Like Marcus Peters, when you see him standing off a receiver by 12 yards, I say, well, the guy's young and faster than him, and he wants to give him a cushion, and he doesn't think they're going to throw underneath. Do you sense the guys are going to be a little bit more aggressive in this game, licking their chops, saying, I can get my hand on the ball, I can get a turnover? Yeah, of course. And it all starts. It all starts up front, which is what we were just alluding to. It all starts up front. If you can just get pressure on a young quarterback, um, and you know, it doesn't matter how talented it could be, uh, undrafted guys like Tyson, or it could be the number one pick like Bryson Young, as we've seen in Carolina. If you get pressure on the quarterback against a guy that's going up against new fronts and new schemes that he's never seen before, turnovers are going to happen. Mistakes are going to happen. So I definitely see the Raiders not necessarily being way more aggressive than they have been. I think overall this season, just in general, with the blitz packages they've been throwing out there and different stunts, I've noticed them being a lot more cohesive and a lot more aggressive just in general. So I don't see them kind of doing above and beyond what they've already been doing, but I can see them staying on the same playing field or in the same regard in terms of what they've been doing already, which has just been naturally more aggressive play up front than I've seen in recent Mm. memory. Levi Edwards, our guest, Raiders.com. You put one of the matchups, Trayvon Merrick versus DJ Moore. What worries about what I think worries me about DJ Moore is the Raiders haven't been throwing Devontae a lot of just throwaway deep 50-50 balls. They just they don't. But this team does. And I think DJ Moore, if he runs a go route, and this kid, the young quarterback who's got legs, can kind of roll outside and just let it fly, they're gonna take some deep shots. Agree? Agreed. I think any quarterback, uh, it would be asinine for any quarterback not to take deep shots with D.J. Moore. You Mm -hmm. see what he's done on tape. He's got speed. He's got hands. He's a very good possession guy. Really, uh, he's a guy, in my opinion, that's been so under the radar in terms of what he's been able to do in the NFL. He's a guy that got it done in Carolina, big-time target there. And now with the Bears team that's been struggling, he's essentially been the saving grace of this Bears offense this season. And he's been putting up a lot of really good numbers. And people aren't necessarily talking about it because of, of where the team is at now. But D.J. Moore is someone that can wreck a game if you let him. Levi Edwards joins us. Another one you have, Colton Miller versus Yannick Ngakwe. That's a good one. And now, as you wrote, you even put it in there, not knowing the status of Jimmy Garoppolo here with either Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell, even that much more important for Colton Miller to protect the blind side. Yeah, for sure. Because... You know, I'm just going to state facts. The facts of the matter is the last time Aiden O'Connell played, he got sacked seven times. Some of that due to the offensive line, some of that due to timing issues, but that's what happened. That's the fact of the matter. He got sacked seven times. The Raiders cannot let Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer, for that matter, get sacked another seven times going into a game against the Chicago Bears. It just cannot happen by any means. And Colton Miller is going to be a big factor behind that, especially going up against someone who – Another underrated guy like DJ Moore, Yannick Ngakwe. I've seen his, you know, having a first up close and personal look at him in 2021. He's a guy that he hustles, he works hard, he's intense, he has a motor. Um, he's a very great pass rusher in this league, and he doesn't necessarily get a lot of credit for the success he's had in the league as someone who's had eight sacks in every single season he's played in so far. So he's a guy that you have to watch out for because he's another guy on defense who can wreck the game if you let him. Finally, Levi, what's the one thing you feel? I like asking you this, the one key to the game 
This game's all over the place. It's a very difficult game to preview and break down because there's a lot of chaos going on with the roster, especially the Chicago Bears. What do the Raiders need to do to get out of the Windy City with a win? I think they need to continue doing what they've done the past two games, the past two wins, and that's play good defense, Mm -hmm. play sound defense, and get stops when it matters. Because this Raiders offense, it has struggled. There's been times where, you know, they couldn't come up with, you know, drives the way that they wanted to. They've had stalls in the red zone. They've had to, you know, go with field goals. There's been turnovers. It's not been, you know, the greatest offense. But they are good enough to put up points, and they're good enough to put the team in position to win games at 3-3. Three and three. So all the defense has to do is continue turning up the volume, doing what they've been doing, getting turnovers, five turnovers over the last three games, keep getting sacks, keep making plays when it matters the most at the end of the game mm-hmm. when the team is counting on you. If they can do that in Chicago, the offense, I believe, will hold up their end of the bargain, and they'll do enough to put up more points than the other team on Sunday. And that's really the key, is the defense and how they play and how they continue progressing. Yeah, I agree with that. I like what you said about making big plays at the end of the game. I think that's going to be essential. Levi, I'll see you on the plane. Look forward to seeing you in Chicago. Most definitely. Can't wait for the Windy City, JT. You got it. Levi Edwards, who we've been using as an insider from the digital team. He has a lot to say. We had Josh McDaniels on. We had the voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz, longtime friend who I've worked with, Bill Zimmerman. W.C. Gridiron, Uh, he knows the Bears as good as anybody I know, other than Mike North, who I knew we had on. I got to get to Billy Z. Bill, thanks for joining us. I hope you're well. How are you? I'm good, J.T. How are you, my man? Really good. You you found out Jimmy G officially is out now, which I wanted to see him play. I thought the flak jacket would come on and feel like the 80s in a crazy game, and that's not the case. And with Tyson Bajant going up, I don't know. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the Raiders. Give me your big picture first before we break it down specifically on what's at stake with this game. Well, I mean, the Bears have been a hot mess this entire season. There's a lot of questions about the future and the direction here. So for this coaching staff, for Matt Eberflus and this coaching staff, they are coaching for their jobs every week. They need to make an impact. They need to start showing that this is starting to go in the right direction A lot of fans got hopeful after the Thursday night win against Washington, only to turn around and lay a complete egg against Minnesota. And on top of that, Justin Fields got hurt. So for the coaching staff, a lot is riding on this game. For for the quarterback position, I mean, this is just going to be a, let's see what what happens here. with Great story. He's a Division II quarterback from Shepard University. This is going to be his first start as an undrafted free agent. And, you know, he had a really nice preseason. He's impressed coaches. But, you know, JT, just an undrafted free agent from a Division II school. He had two turnovers last week when he mm-hmm. filled in for, for, for Fields there in the second half. He's going to make mistakes. The, the Bears' offensive line is looking kind of like a mash unit this mm-hmm. week. And I, I have some concerns that Max Crosby could really – get this uh, get this kid uh, shaking in his boots a little bit on Sunday. Bill Zimmerman joins us. It's interesting because a lot of Raider fans are impatient with the coach and they want to win more games. You see the national news on trying to get Devontae the ball more, but for Chicago, it really seems like there's been a lot of turmoil over the last couple of years with the coach, trying to get everything right. All the coaches say the right thing, and then something happens and the season goes awry. 
And the fans, I like, you know, we've known each other a while. I like talking about the fans. And how are the fans holding on now with the frustration? It's a lot of money to live in Chicago, let alone to have season tickets to park, go to the game there. What's their level of intensity right now? Because the season could be over. Do they feel like this is their last stand, or are they already looking ahead to the quarterback next year, maybe in the draft, and another uh, class of free agency? I think for this season, I mean, there may be a few fans that are that are clinging to hope, but I think for the most part, the fans, that Minnesota loss was, was crushing. Mm. Like I said, there was a lot of hope. They really felt, you know, the Raiders aren't great. They felt, hey, maybe that's a beatable team. If you can beat Minnesota three in a row, really start kind of building some momentum and kind of turn this thing around. No, nobody expected the Bears to go, you know, 12-5 and five and win the division, but they did expect some significant growth this year. You know, Bears fans to me, I think, JT, are a lot like Raiders fans because I think they cheer for a similar team that is a big team. It's an important team to the NFL, mm-hmm. but it continues to struggle largely because of what's going on, not, not necessarily on the field, but on the field is what's being impacted by the buildings themselves, ownership, and the front office. And I feel the fans kind of can commiserate because there's a lot of similarities that these two organizations have gone through. But but for this season, I think the frustrating thing here is this city, the, these fans were behind Justin Fields and to have him hurt and nobody knows how long he's going to be out. He's doubtful where we're all convinced he's not going to play for the for against the Raiders, mm-hmm. but he may not play for three, four, five, six weeks. We have no idea what the situation is with Justin Fields injury. So it's really frustrating because the, the whole point of this season was let's see growth as a team. They only won three games last year. Mm-hmm. Let's see him get up to the end, you know, maybe seven, eight wins, be competitively bad, so to speak, and see big growth from Justin Fields. Justin Fields has again been inconsistent, two good performances, the rest of them not so much, and now he's injured and, and nobody's sure when he's going to get back on the field. Bears insider Bill Zimmerman. Tell me about Herbert, the running back. It was I, If I'm looking at the numbers, which are accurate here. He's not bad on the ground regular season. 5.3 a carry here, but no touchdowns on 51 carries. How concerned should the Raiders be with him on the ground? Well, you're going to be in luck here because Khalil Herbert actually got put on the injured list. Oh, he did? So he's okay. not going to play. Yep. The, the running back situation is a bit of a mess for the Bears right now. Roshan Johnson, the rookie from Texas, you know, Bijan Robinson's backup, who, mm-hmm. who was playing well. He's in concussion protocol. He missed the last game, is still in protocol, so we're not sure if he's going to play. So right now you're looking at Deonta Foreman, who had a really nice second half last year after the Panthers traded Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be the main guy, and Travis Homer is going to be the third down back. So, you know, uh, Khalil Herbert is a, is a nice change of pace guy. He's got speed, but one of those things, he's just not going to be on the yeah, field on Yeah, I just, I just saw that now the on, the, on the report. Finally, as we wrap this up, I, I got to get into what I think is really important. The, drafts, uh, the draft equity of the Bears going forward. I mean, everybody wants to turn their organization around quickly after a bad season. The Raiders have had an opportunity. They're a work in progress, and so have the Bears. Where are the Bears sitting with their philosophy on the high picks that they have coming up and what the offseason could be like? Could they be the most talked-about team in the offseason, especially with Fields and what they want to do with him long-term with his contract status? Yeah, there is going to be, no question about it, a lot of talk about the Chicago Bears this offseason. One, like I said, Matt Eberflus, if this team doesn't turn it around this year, he's going to be let go. I'm almost mm-hmm. you know, positive that that's going to happen. Now they're going to be looking for a new coach. Are they going to be looking for like an offensive coach? Because they're going to have an opportunity to really have 
a situation that I think a lot of coaches are going to look at and go, this looks like a great opportunity to lay a foundation and win. With the trade they made last year with the number one pick trading down to number nine with the Panthers, not only do they have DJ Moore under contract for a couple years, which would be great for a young quarterback, but they have the Panthers' number one pick this year. So they could be sitting with right now, if the, if, you know, if the season ended today kind of thing, the Chicago Bears would have the first and second pick yes. in the NFL draft. So they have an opportunity here if they want to pivot from Justin Fields, which if there's a new coach, JT, I'd have to think Fields is done because when you basically, whether you want to blame Fields or not, when you look at his three seasons in the NFL, the three seasons would have resulted in two coaches being fired and the worst record in the NFL. There is not a coach in America that is going to come to the Chicago Bears and say, I'm going to hitch my wagon to Justin Fields, who I'm going to have to big a give a big extension to a year from from then anyway so they're going to look for a new quarterback so not only are they going to be in prime position to get someone potentially like caleb williams or drake may they are also going to have another big asset that they could potentially trade down get another big haul of draft capital or get someone like olu fashano from penn state or marvin harrison from ohio state and really have an opportunity to get some blue chippers on this roster and turn this thing around in the near future because Bears fans keep thinking that there's light at the end of the tunnel and things keeping improving, and then the, just the seasons keep, you know, the, the floor just falls out from under them. So hopefully there is some light at the end of this tunnel because right now the 2023 season is not going in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, with Caleb Williams and May won two and half of the first two picks. You know, I never like to throw in the towel. Fans do, oh, let's tank for this. I've never done a radio show in my life about tanking, but it becomes a big topic. I mean, Bill, that's a big deal to have those picks there considering how many teams will do anything to trade up and get Caleb Williams. I'm talking yeah. four first-round picks, three at a minimum there. So what the Bears could be doing, they could rebuild the, the entire – they could get actually six or seven picks in the by just moving down into the mid-first round, late-first round, or early into the second. That could change the whole future of the franchise. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be – a Big question, what are they going to do? Are they going to try and stay in the top five, six, and get a couple huge blue chippers? Do they want massive draft capital and trade down? Because there are, like you said, there are so many QB-hungry teams, and this is there are two, literally two guys that would be number one almost any year in the draft sitting there. And then you have someone like Marvin Harrison, who in terms of non-quarterbacks, like he probably would have been the first pick, you know, two years mm-hmm. ago when Jacksonville had the number one yeah. pick. He's that good if there wasn't a top quarterback here. You've got a lot of talent at the top of this draft. So even beyond quarterbacks, the you know, the Bowers of the world and the Jared Verses and, and Joe Alt and all these other guys, there are plenty of top ten caliber players. It is the right year to be loaded there at the top sure. of the draft. So hopefully the Chicago Bears can make the right decision here and do what is best for the franchise and really put it in a position to succeed moving forward. Thanks for doing this, Bill. Great to catch up with you. Thanks for everything in the past, and look forward to having you on again. Absolutely, JT, anytime. You got it. Bill Zimmerman, Bears insider. Worked with him at SiriusXM. I didn't know the running back was out until I looked at the report there. Happy he corrected that. I mean, their injury report is long. They got a lot of guys hurt. And the Raiders, had a, they went up against New England, and everybody seemed to be out of the New England game. I mean, the Raiders are catching breaks here. They they don't catch a break with Jimmy Garoppolo being out. God, if Jimmy was healthy going into this game, if Jimmy was 100%, and he would have been 100% if he didn't get his back and something inside of him to feel that badly, I wish Jimmy would have had the chance to play at home in front of his family 
put up 300 yards, over-target Devontae, three in a row. Three in a row is a must, everyone. It's that there. It's right in front of us. It changes the whole radio show from October to November. It really does. It puts us in a spot with the next three out of four games after this one to win two out of three or three out of three. I'm not folding the towel on Detroit. I'm not taking a week vacation, and I'm not scared of Detroit. People scared of Detroit. Give me a break. How dare anybody be nervous about Detroit? They make the playoffs last year? No. Are they off to a good start this year? Sure. They're good, but don't act like they're world beaters, man. We can't treat Detroit like Buffalo. When we went to Buffalo, oh, that's a game they're not going to win. We can't do that. We won't do it. I don't know if ever, whatever anybody else does, we won't do it that way. All right, when we come back, I'll wrap it up here. Last call if you want to get through. Love to hear from you, 702-365-9200. I'm excited to go to Chicago. Bobby, I don't think I've worn a sweater, a jacket, or a long sleeve shirt. I didn't go skiing this year for the first time. So a little light windbreaker, a little Raider pullover, and it looks like I'm going to the Golden Knights too. Woo, that's a good one. They call that a double dip in sports. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Hey, how about Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, the best? Asia at the top of the key. Ace is looking for the dagger right now. Asia working on John Quall Jones. Step back, jumper, money won't change it. Timeout. New York, and the Aces are up six. Feeling a little deja vu from Connecticut a year ago. Yes, that's T.C. Martin on the call. Congratulations to T.C. Even our friend Chet Buchanan, who is the voice at the arena. A lot of good people we know at the Aces here. Larry Delson has been a longtime friend. Clearly Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, gets a back-to-back championship very happy as my wife and I were watching last night from home and Mark was dancing and having fun afterwards. Mark really cares. You know that Mark cares about it a lot and he cares about the Raiders. He cares about the ladies of the Aces and everyone behind the scenes. Very happy for Mark because when he took the team over here, he changed a lot of lives. He did. I'm talking about the WNBA team. He changed the lives of a lot of people in that organization. From management, behind the scenes, provided a lot of jobs. One of the things that Mark should get more credit for is how he's helping grow the economy by coming here with the Raiders, Allegiant Stadium, and then look what he did with the WNBA. It's right next to the Raider facility. If you haven't been out there, it's a monster. It's a piece of real estate. That's development, construction, jobs, jobs within the organization, and championships. Congratulations to Mark for this. It's a big deal here that he can go back-to-back in the WNBA. And Becky Hammond, who I tweeted out earlier in the show, she will be the first female NBA head coach. She deserves it. I said that years ago when she wasn't even here, when she was working with Greg Popovich in San Antonio. She's fantastic. Ira in Tennessee. Go ahead, Ira. Uh, Yes, JT. I know you were talking earlier about, you know, the fans that I don't know what fan would say that, you know, that Devontae Adams shouldn't get the ball. Or I'm sure covering the NFL, you've seen Jerry Rice back in the day probably, you know, was told, hey, give me the ball more. I can make this offense better. But I wanted to ask a question. Mm -hmm. Garoppolo wasn't um, 
at the game in L.A. when they played the Chargers. Is he going to be traveling with the team? I have no idea. Time? I'll be on the flight tomorrow. I would I would doubt he would. There's no need for him to be on the flight if he's injured and is ruled out that quickly and stay back here and get treatment and put him on an airplane for no reason. I, I don't know, but uh, I would assume not. And I think he'll be ruled that he's ruled out for the game. He's not going to be the third quarterback from what I can see. Okay, not, not not expecting that question. Jimmy's not playing. I would assume he's not going to be there. If he is there, someone will report it. I'm trying to talk about winning the game. Uh, let's get out to Luke in Los Angeles listening on the mobile app. Hello, Luke. Hi, JT. A uh, big fan of your show and a big fan of your passion for the organization. Thank you. And um, Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, I actually wanted to ask a question that I mm. think that might be overlooked a little bit with Jimmy. Okay. Yep. And um, if there's one thing that we can say, and I liked what you said about the Lions, because I'm not afraid of them either. And if we're being frank, the Raiders could very well be a 5-1 and team as well. And I think a big reason for that is that we just really haven't gotten the quarterback play that we're expecting. And a big piece of that, I think, is that Jimmy G is really not shown to be himself. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that's lingering pain from an injury, whether that's a mounting pressure from the organization to be perfect, I'm not really sure, but my question to you is mm-hmm. that I think that Jimmy's mental health is something that could be looked into a little bit more. Maybe he's struggling with anxiety. I'm a I'm a social worker by trade. Yeah, why are we going there? Why? why wait, 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 wait. Why are we going yeah, anywhere yeah. with Jimmy's mental health? Why would you do that? I watch him in the pocket, and I watch him tap his feet around. He okay. he seems to force passes. He's got Devontae blasted on numerous But why occasions. would you bring up mental health when a quarterback is moving around in the pocket and, and throwing a pass short? Why would you bring up mental health? Body language appears anxious. Goodbye, and goodbye, goodbye. I get paid to do this. I mean, I think I'm good enough to end those calls. We're going to talk about his mental health. We, we, would be, we, should, we were talking about Chandler Jones's mental health. And we haven't talked much about that, nor is it a topic here. We wish him well, but I don't think we have to do that with Jimmy G. I don't think we have to talk about mental health and anxiety, something that we're not aware of. And if it turns out that there's ever anything that showcases that, you can come back on again, please. I I don't get it. I don't understand that. I don't understand it at all. Mikey in Staten, Italy. Mike, what's happening? Hey, can we worry about the bad? Can we win this game? <laughs> hey, how's Get the line moving? My, Mike, you put you're a, this game's so important to you because you took the Raiders <laughs> over six and a half, right? You had, I saw the yes, ticket. It, I saw the ticket. You can buy steak dinners at one steak at Virgin for the rest of your life if you cash that ticket. Uh, you're, uh, you're not kidding, JT. We, we had many discussions on this. This game is set up for us. Let's win the offensive line, the defensive line. Right now, it's two and a half. The Raiders are laying two and a half. The money line is 140. So, obviously, I'm going to take the Raiders on the money line. This is what scares me, JT. The under-over, the shops are saying the under-over is 37.5. That's nothing. So, it's going to be a defensive struggle. We got to play ball control. And, JT, here's the big factor. Let me give you what's rushing they think Jake's going to do. Mm-hmm. Hold on one second. They're saying if you think he's going to get 50 yards or more, you got to lay $5 to win a dollar. If you think he's going to get 100 yards and break out, you're bet $100 to make 260. Mm. But here's the bet I'm taking, JT. If I think he's going to go over 125, 
You put up a hundred to make six fifty. This is Josh Jacobs wow. coming out party, and he's going to lead us. You're going over one twenty-five rushing yards, Mikey, on the prop. Correct, and you get you're getting six point two five to one. Thank you, man. That's a sharp guy, man. He's sharp. I've seen the tickets. I've been with him. Friend of the show. So he's going. I like that because Bears' run defense is pretty good. So I got, you know, when you look at this team defense and what they're able to do, I think they're 15th overall in average rush yards. Their defense is good against the run, but Josh Jacobs is due for a big game. He is. He's due for a 60-yard run. He's due to run through the secondary on a team that takes a wrong angle and have a big run. 125 is a big number for him to get over 125. But last year he started right around now, this time. Week six on, Josh Jacobs put together a run of a lot of big games that got him the rushing title. So I'd like to see him be able to do that. All right, so tomorrow Q's got the show. He's going to do a portion of it. I'm going to do a portion of it. We're going to have a bunch of things happening here. Then when it comes to the pregame, the pregame is coming up. I'll do it from the booth which will be fun. Q will have the post-game show afterwards, and I'm excited to get on the road again. It'll be the Raiders 3-3 and at the Bears 1-5. and 1-5 and Bears. When the schedule came out, I didn't have the Bears 1-5, and but I did have the Raiders 3-3. and I had the Raiders 3-3, and and I had the Raiders 4-4. Four and four. After that, it's a race to the postseason and the wild card. But the Raiders have to take care of business right now because the Raiders are second in the AFC West. And the Bears are fourth in the NFC North. What are the Bears playing for? I don't think much. Pride. There's been some good games between. Walter Payton's last ever game was against the Raiders. They came out on the field. They presented him with the jersey and all that. And then the most violent game ever played in NFL history. Google it. Raiders, Bears. Raiders were down a Ray Guy. Going to come in and play quarterback. David Hum. Mark Wilson dramatically injured in that game. And growing up, no matter what t- what area you grew up in, the 85 Bears, I think of that, and I think of the Raiders winning Super Bowls in the 80s. We talked to Josh McDaniels about that. Q is ready to go. How about that? He's got a big show, always, as you know, and I'm ready to get out to Chicago. Uh, check out my podcast. I'm doing that with Looney tonight. Never stop, and I never stop. Podcast tonight, JT and Looney will put it up on my new YouTube page, YouTube, JT the Brick YT. And we have the show tomorrow and then Chicago. And if you're going to Chicago, find me on Twitter at JT the Brick. Let's get a beverage together. I know they got Modelo in Chicago. I know they got Modelo. They got Remy Martin, Team Up Excellence. They got Tequila Camisario. Got it all, man. It's all over the world. Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Oh, let's get out on that note for a good note. Charles Woodson, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Thanks, guys.